You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 120th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt, Minneapolis. This is Spencer in Boston. Hey guys, you know what this is? Echo Horn. Uh, No, it is... No, Spencer? I... A pass. It is the start of the 2016 Rio Olympic triathlon race. The greatest part was that it was a Rostahorn to start the race when they're all on the start line before Gwen Jorgensen, the much better half of friend of the podcast, Pat Lemieux, put on a clinic and destroyed the pack. It was amazing. The horns or the performance? Or I think the performance both. is a little yeah. better than the horn. But Shout the out to Ryan good. Fisher. For at the Ryan Fisher on Twitter for also noticing that it was a Rasta horn to start the uh, the triathlete race. <laughs> Do you think um, they always start them with those? I I hope not. I hope it was just for Gwen Jorgensen's gold medal, and then it gets retired. And Is she as really we into asked, the dub? Well, and I don't know. But as we asked on Twitter, and Pat Lemieux has yet to answer. Is the gold medal going on the refrigerator right next to the Minnesota State Cyclocross Championship medal that Pat Lemieux won back in 2006? Mm-hmm. He won a few oh. of them, to be fair. I think he, had a, he might have a couple, yeah. So, a couple of things on Gwen Jorgensen's dominating performance and the actual exciting nature of triathlon <clears throat> racing. Um, welcome, well, guys, off, welcome to Slow Ride uh, Triathlon Podcast. Uh, it's, a new, right. it's a new podcast it's every four on the years, network. Guys. <laughs> it's in every, every four, four years. years. Every four years, the, there's a takeover, and it's when Gwen Jorgensen puts on a clinic. And I will say that of all triathlons that are all out there. All triathlons all the time. Yes, that's what I was going to say next. Good job. Of all triathlons that are out there, the draft legal ones are actually kind of exciting to watch. Wait, because so they're not tactics. all draft legal? Well, are no. they all draft legal at the top at this at the Olympic echelon? So there's different kinds of racing logo. I don't know much. You're gonna have to listen to Crosshair. Here's, here's, the, deal. Okay. here's, the, here's the deal. Here's why, and there's great debate over what is better, you know, draft legal or draft illegal. And draft there's legal no is better because crashes. Come on. Well, yeah, that's the only bit of triathlon I've ever watched that was draft draft legal triathlon. There was crashes. I just didn't know if it was like an all the time thing or if it was like a special. Okay. Well, there's course. different. So here's what there's you different. Do. You you swim for what an hour? Like you swim forever until you're almost you gonna die. Well, and then you it get depends out of the water. on what <laughs> course, little guy. You're sopping wet. You run to your bicycle. You you jump on without your shoes on, and you somehow flip your shoes on while you're starting to pedal. Right? Yeah, because they're those Back to the Future on. shoes, right? Yeah, they sort of suction cup your feet. Got it. Basically. And then, um, so you get in a sopping wet pace line of people in bathing suits, and then your tires are at maybe 150 PSI, and you race, you know, in, uh, in an echelon or in a peloton, but you don't, you've never practiced that, so that's where it really gets exciting. I think they should start practicing it. You know, Spencer, I'm going to have to cut you off here because at this point, you're really burying the lead here. And that's about Gwen Jorgensen dominating the competition. And by Kevin Bacon math, she's almost on the podcast and friend of the podcast who we've heard many times on here in our breaks, Sarah Mm -hmm. True, Mm -hmm. um, took to the start line. She had an unfortunate crash and had to retire early, even though she tried to fight up the ridiculously steep climb that they had to attack eight times during the course of the race. Um, So it was good to see her out there. But little guy, you have to watch it. It only takes two hours of watching. Oh, that's it? But the run, yeah, it's not an Ironman. It's not 12 hours. And so in the run, little guy, the uh, it comes down to almost a match sprint between Gwen Jorgensen and the woman she's racing with, the defending at the time Olympic champion from – 
London that they're like doing stutter steps like, ooh, I'm going to sprint faster and get in front of you because I guess oh, there's a nice. headwind. I like that. And they're talking trash to each other. Well, I don't know what they were saying to each other, but it probably wasn't like, hey, you want to come oh, no. over to the house oh, for no. dinner I, later. I, I looked this up. Like uh, they, they had an interview about it afterwards. Like what, what were they saying to each other? Apparently, the, uh, the, I think she was uh, from Switzerland. I might be wrong. She's from Switzerland. I don't um, care that much. To apparently, know she was but... like, no, you have to pull. I have a gold medal already. Fuck that and, shit. So and, here's the thing. Did Gwen <laughs> say back to what, her, and I'm about to what... drop you? Because it, Gwen basically. was like, fine, I'll go to the front. <laughs> Little guy, next thing you know, she has a, like a 30-second gap on this woman. Nice. Like, puts the hammer down. It was amazing. Yeah. It was so nice. exciting. And there was a couple cameos of Pat Lemieux, whose hair is looking <laughs> fantastic. And he was on a Facebook Live. Did you guys see the Facebook Live thing? No. That he was on? I don't, I don't oh know if God. you've uh, met me before, but I don't follow triathlon very very deeply. So even at the every four-year level. Uh, well. Sorry to burst your bubble. Our wide-angle podium network partners, Crosshairs Radio, has done a Gwenness feature before. That's Maybe true. there's one in the works on what she accomplished at the Olympics, but he'd probably get sued if you created that. So I will just say this. Congratulations to um friend of the podcast by uh Marriage? Marriage, Gwen yeah. Jorgensen for winning uh She's our in-law. the gold medal. <laughs> and it was great to see uh Sarah True out there. Guys, yeah. that's it with triathlon talk. Um and again yeah. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Now, now get All right, back to guys. regular scheduled Fat program. bikes. Tim's getting one. Well, yeah, Damn. not getting a fat bike. Hey, oh. what's this, guys? Looks like we have a lot of reviews to read this week. Oh. Um, let's go right away to great show, but and this is from Apatus27. I bet they can't mountain bike for shiz. The best what? voice on the podcast is the female voice at the beginning of the show, and maybe she's on again at the end. I don't know. I've never listened to a full episode. You guys should have her on the show sometime, or maybe have her read what you guys are trying to say about roadie stuff. Do you okay, guys... I really like the show. I recommend it to the roadie information for those <laughs> who have true love of sport of cycling. Keep up the good work from a wide-angle podium contributor. Well, thank you. Thanks. That's awesome. Do you guys who is even... it so we can try out mountain bike? I was going to say, do you guys even know who uh, does the voiceover on our intro and outro? Yeah, I met her. I do. I okay. met her a couple times. All Very right. nice. I, just, I wasn't sure if I actually told you, but I figured you knew. Okay. Yeah. So It's your mom, they... right? So It's a little guy. <laughs> Look, I, they think that uh, you can't mountain bike Dude, for shoes. Yeah, well, no, they might be. I'm pretty sure they're talking about you. I don't think they're talking about me. Why they would could, they be talking they about could, me? They could be talking about me. I definitely well, can't mountain bike for shoes. Who who wrote the po- who wrote the thing? Apoptosis twenty seven. Oh, see, that guy's from Florida. For sure. <laughs> for sure. So, I mean, he's he's a popped already, so. Hey, they bring up mountain biking, guys. Let's segue into the greatest news story, yeah. where Peter Sagan lining up for the very last spot at the Olympic mountain bike race, mm-hmm. somehow within the first 300 yards, is sitting third overall on the start of lap one behind Nino oh. Schurter and Kohavi of the Czech Republic. Did you guys see the move that got him in the third? Because he was like eighth, but he took the inside line. Everybody took the outside line, and he did the whole cut everybody off inside line. Nice. Beautiful. You could tell that he had raced a lot of cycle cross back <laughs> in the day. It was amazing. So, like, I tuned in. I didn't actually see them take off off the line, but I like, tuned in, like, immediately thereafter, and I was like, oh, I was looking at the back. There's still an aerial shot, and I was looking at the back, trying to pick out his jersey, being like, oh, he's probably, like, eighth or ninth from the back by now and then they're like and Sagan in third wheel and i was like what yeah. so oh, how did that so even excited. so i didn't see what happened like i saw that move you're talking about little guy yeah but um <clears throat> i have to admit i i wanted him to do really well but it was kind of awkward to be cheering for a guy that never does the racing at all and then how shitty it would feel for like absalon or um, nino Scherter. If they lost to Peter Sagan, like here's guys that have dominated mountain biking for years, and then all of a sudden a one-off Olympic yeah. victory comes, and then it's kind of that awkwardness where you're like, you know, I don't want to justify it. It wasn't like when Stybar just yeah, comes back for his felt, one-off cross because it felt he actually like raced cross me. with it, but he raced cross within the last like year or two. Whereas Sagan hasn't raced since he was a junior, and maybe some midweek races in Utah. Yeah, <laughs> like, but it still it still to me had that feel of like 
I wanted him to win, but then it, the closer it got to it with Stybar, I didn't because I was like, oh, it's kind of embarrassing for all these cross racers. Yeah. I uh, mean, yeah. I, w- I was definitely in the same place. Like, I wanted Sagan to do well because I, I like Sagan. I like the way he races, and I thought he would do well. But, yeah, same kind of thing. Like, well, maybe well, but not too well. You know, like, maybe not a medal, which I I think is was – in his wheelhouse, you know, like I think he had that in him after that start, you know, but, uh, so he did finish down a lap. I'm a, I'm agreeing with you that I think that he could have been in the kind of in that top 15 range of, I, he wouldn't have been able to stick with Scherter and Kohlhavi cause he did look a no. little, a little like worried on some of the sections and there was like, yeah, for good reason. Shit was yeah. scary. Yeah, some of it was scary. I will say that. Did you see the um, a the crashes were out of control, but someone had a tweet out there about how, you know, your first puncture, you're kind of like, ah, that's some crappy luck. But your second one, you're probably starting to push the the envelope a little bit. That maybe, you know, Nino's not getting flat tires out there all the time. Like I know flat tires happen, but you know, maybe his skill level. It's totally line choice, right? Like especially with all those rocks, you know. So Scherter takes a win over Kohlhavi, attacks him with about a lap to go. But third place was probably the champion of the day, Carlos Coloma Nicolas of Spain, finished a yeah, minute 23 mustache. down. He had the mustache, which I know is a little old. Like, that was kind of cool in 2013. Yeah, but his teammate victory, had the same mustache. His victory celebration coming easy. across the line for third place may have been the best kind of podium. Did you see it, little guy? Yeah, I saw. I saw the last, like, three-fourths of the race no but did you see his like uh celebration when he crossed the line for third place oh yeah yeah they they had the nice close-up shot yeah yeah and then the the junk grab (laughs) when he crosses the line just like (laughs) michael jackson style that was all fine and good um i think watching the race did you guys notice that you could pretty much see everything yeah, it was like, a great it was course. Really great, like course wise and camera wise and camera angle wise and like production value is real good. But I heard a lot of and you know, might agree, not sure yet, um, that the course was, you know, obviously constructed for this event and very, very, very man made, you know? And oh. did that did that make the race better or worse? Like you could see um, more of it because it was built for that reason. They're all man-made, though, Did it, did it diminish level. the racing at all? Mm, I just don't think... I just think they're all basically man-made at this level. At this, You know, like the, the one in... Oh, uh, no. I've been London watching this, was. I've been watching this, uh, these Red Bull things all year, and the courses that they're doing at the World Cups are insane. Like, they, parts of them may as well be enduro sections, like... So, not, yeah, but like dude, parts of this were enduro sections to though too. I don't know. Parts of this were not. not so Spencer, I, I hear not what you're either. saying, but London I thought was a fantastic. Well, that's course. Olympics. I'm talking about yeah, yeah. compared to no, that's a normal, what I'm saying. So, so for the Olympics, race. so for the Olympics and the amount of people that are watching, they yep. need to make it so it's super easy to watch. Yep. And that you can easily tell who's in the front and who's in the back when yep. they go into the woods in Wyndham, New New York. It's a little bit more difficult to yep. kind of see where it's going on, and it's not as spectator-friendly, so it's more of a stadium. Is it true mountain biking? I don't care. It looks awesome on the TV. I will say that I thought going into it, I didn't get to watch the women's race um, live, and I know that uh, uh, one of you guys uh, or maybe did, because someone tweeted I that it looked that, like yeah. the, the Olympic gravel grinder race, and I was <laughs> like, I was expecting it to not be that intense of a course, and then I saw the men's race, and I saw what they were going over and the obstacles and the climbing mm-hmm. i was like you know what that looked like a mountain bike race to me shout out by the way to jenny risvens of sweden for taking a win 40 seconds over maya w of poland and Catherine pendrel <laughs> of canada in third place for the bronze Catherine pendrel had a hell of a race and so did emily batty in fourth um and cat and katarina nash in fifth yeah i uh cyclocross yeah that was a good race to watch because all eyes were on Yolanda Neff. Uh, everybody thought she was going to crush it, and 
she looked like it was going to plan for a while and then the wheels came off and I don't know what happened, but uh, it was a great race. But anyway, back to the course. Like, I I kind of agree with you, Tim, and like, it's made for its purpose. And I heard a lot of people bitching about it not, you know, on Twitter, not being like a legit course, you know, and not being like as hard as things normally are or as crazy or whatever. And that might be true. And I agree with that sentiment, but when you look at the results, I mean, the yeah, you know, like those well, are the guys that should be at the front of the race, right? So, like, and so women. I, Nino, Nino dropped him in a tech section, right? So as much as people can say maybe it wasn't tech enough or whatever, like those guys were neck and neck, and he put the he put put on the attack in a tech section and like so, bomb those descents and almost lost it himself on the scent. Like he had to take yeah. a foot out, you know, when he was trying to like apply the pressure. Oh, Do yeah. you see some of the crash footage of what's going on? I mean, that was yeah. a tough course, and well, I, that, I'm with you, I'm Spencer. Saying. It's like, but it's the, the racers that make the course, right? Like, yeah. the sure. course can be super easy, and they're still going to push the limit of that course. Well, well look at how com- much complaining people are doing about track racing with the lack of the kilo. So, what I want to say is, the Olympics are the most dumbed down Joe Wednesday, um, you know, Joe Public version of any sporting event so it's like oh let's just make it for so and so it's like wide world of sports olympics so it's not like the hardcore so people are always going to find something to complain about this mountain bike race course was not what the hardcore fans watching redbull.tv every weekend in the summer are seeing mm-hmm. but it's enough that it entertains the public i mean it's not i yeah. don't know i did but... you guys think i to your point spencer i felt like watching the leaders for a while like I only saw the leaders for a while, yeah. and it kind of looked easy at times, right? Right. But they were so much better than everybody else that when they, like like Tim was saying, like they would cut back to like someone in like 30th place, yeah. run it, riding They're the rock garden, and then you'd see them fall, <laughs> bah, bounce off seven rocks, and then two other people have to run past them. And you'd yeah. be like, oh, yeah, this is really hard. We're just watching, you know, the we're like the camera the is mainly yeah. on – the the three or four best mountain bikers in the world you know yeah. and it's and they're so smooth like nino is so smooth it's yeah. insane they're, yeah it is there's a uh, two things i wanted to point out that i did note in my notes was that flat tires didn't just take out Sagan. they seem to have taken out you know absalon had one there were a lot but of also flats, yeah. the guy from uh, israel that was sitting like sixth overall was crushing it um he ended up getting a flat finishing 10 second uh, 10 minutes down now, one of the American, only American in there was 38th place Howard Grotz. I am a little disappointed that they had 49 starters in this race. To me, that seems awfully small. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand. Like, I know it's the Olympics, but 49 that, I mean, I know Switzerland could have had easily eight guys race because there's like eight guys in the top 20 of um, the UCI rankings from Switzerland or something that large. Yeah. But it's weird that there's only one American in the race, one New Zealander. Like, come on, you could easily have put 50, 60 people out there on this course. I don't – it seemed a little too small. The women's race in, included only had 29 starters. I mean, it just seems small. Yeah. It does seem small. That's it's less weird. than a yeah, Category because, 3 race. Yeah, the World Cup races will have 80 people in them, you know, like no yeah. problem. And. It's not too many for the course. I don't know if this course is shorter in length or something like that, like um, that they're worried about lapping or whatever. I don't really know the logistics of that, but it it did seem light. And Uh, the final Olympic news that we do need to go over, I highly recommend to anybody that has the NBC Olympics uh, app, you know, find a neighbor that will give you the the login, is the uh, BMX. Did you guys see any of the BMX? It was awesome. It reminded us of our time at Raybon's BM, BMX barn. When Rest you, in peace, when the, Raybon's. When the three of us would go out there and slay the berms. Oh, but St. Cloud, Minnesota slay. native Elise Post took silver medal in the women's race, a very strong silver medal because the woman that won is untouchable, apparently, from Columbia. Um, they knew that she was going to win. Half the like All the crowd was there for her. Um, and then the U.S. won their first ever men's BMX race, uh, gold medal. So yeah. awesome times on the BMX track. So definitely good. Google it. Try to find it. Um, so, Tim, uh, you seem to have all the Olympic stuff right in front of you. Can you tell me? Uh, I couldn't. I Googled around a little, but I couldn't find it. Who won the, uh, the um, men's and women's? I didn't see either. Um, the Olympic uh, criterium. 
Um, lukewarm took the uh, the women's race and then, or I'm sorry, the men's race, and I did not see who won the um, the women's criterium. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, um, Are you sure about this? Your facts seem maybe mixed. Nope, it was a great criterium race. They actually hosted it right after the road race, and a lot of people thought it was rigged because it was a criterium. Uh-huh. Um, but Luke Warm took the title, uh, outspreading Chris Froome. It was kind of awkward, but, you know, he did take God. the win. I mean, I've got to just say, right, you know, props to Froome for getting in that getting in that move. You know, he's not usually good on that kind of course. That's that's probably true. I can't imagine it not being true. Um, no, but I have a serious point. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's your serious point? Why isn't there Olympic crit? Because uh, the only UCI... Americans do crits. Because the UCI only allows or is only allowed to have well, so many medals in yes. cycling. Now, I've said this before that only Americans do crits, and we got yelled at on this very podcast uh, by Dan Craven, a uh, famous Olympian. You may have heard of him. Yeah. I've he heard said of they him. do crits all over in, in Wait, England. And then did he popular. really yell? Well, I, don't know if, I don't know if he has yelling in him. Right, but in that English sort of way where they're speaking to you and you know that they're yelling at you. Uh, well, go back and uh, listen to it again. So Episode maybe we do it, the English do it, the Australians do it. Yeah. That's about it. But everybody knows how to do a crit, right? But that's easy medals for the USA, right? Like, that's not a bad thing. Like, we should be lobbying for this. I think I they should think get rid of the win. time because trial. Every year, every time yeah, the Olympics happens, true. every two years, Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics, every Olympics, doesn't matter which one, somebody is like, why isn't there cycle cross in the Olympics? And I have to roll my eyes super hard that it, it's like so hard that it hurts. But then I thought, well, because cycle cross has no business being in the Olympics. It's stupid. But why isn't there Olympic crit? That's an actual legitimate thing that everybody knows what it is. And that would seem to be fairly easy and fun to watch an Olympic and, crit. It'd be way yeah, better than the time trial. It's it is. It's way more spectator friendly. Well, it's I mean, it's TV action. It's it's. Seems made, and you don't have, biggest seller, don't have to build a stadium for it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's kind of. You just you just cut totally. one track of it, and you move one metal over, and you're good to go, you know? All right. Well, guys, the it. Olympic conversation was fantastic. Let's go on to bigger and better things. As you all know, we are a member of the Wide Angle Podium Network. We are in the middle of our uh, pledge month. We still haven't gotten a good name for drive season, but give us a call. Just uh, go to one eight hundred wideanglepodiumcom dot com. Operators <laughs> are standing by to take your uh, your donation. You can be a member. You get free stuff, and you get to feel good about it. We have a bunch of uh, sister programs and uh, brother programs on the pod- uh, podcast network. We have the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Um, mm-hmm. We have Crosshairs Radio. We have the Honest Bicycle Program. Listen to them last week. Good stuff, even though they. They throw some shade our way. We have the Meyerson line um, coming back soon, greater than ever with Adam Meyerson. And we have the Kids Don't Follow podcast, which has a new episode on its way. Uh, And talk of a uh, guest appearance that uh, Spencer's going to get on there and talk about some uh, Minnesota hardcore scenes. So good stuff throughout (laughs) the Wide Angle Podium Network. There's talk of new shows being joined all the time. If you become a donor, you get access to bonus content. You also get, um, at this moment, a water bottle for every uh, donation you sign up for. You get some stickers. There's a lot of great stuff that you can get. Yeah. In addition to whatever level you sign up for, in addition to all the regular gifts you get, you get an additional water bottle and you get entered into a raffle, um, our our sponsored by Nara Weasels, basically raffle where we... uh, we commandeered all their remaining number plates from their race. Really nice, uh, heavy-duty plastic number plates. So we're gonna slap a stamp on it and have uh, you know Lance uh, get on his U.S. Postal bike and deliver it right to your mailbox. Um, and we're gonna use the number on the front of that uh, number plate as your raffle ticket number. And we've got some great prizes piling up. We're still gathering all that stuff. We got uh, some books donated. Um, we've got like good cycling-related books, not just crap I found at the library. Um, we've got like some other, libraries. yeah, we've got some good stuff. So you guys will be excited about this. We've, we've got friends in high places. So those, those donations are coming in. So get in on that raffle. You gotta, gotta become a member during the drive here. So that is something, uh, that is pretty cool. Hey, 
It is pretty cool. So go to WideAnglePodium.com to learn more. We'd like to thank all of our supporters that have signed up during the drive and then also donating um, their their hard-earned uh, money um, yeah. once, a, once a month or a one-time gift. Uh, thank you very yeah. much. We do appreciate it. And... Um, We'll, uh, we'll, we'll give we're, you some more feedback here in, uh, in a well, little bit. Here, here's a little feedback. We're, we're looking for our goal number is 200 members. We're looking for 200. We've gotten about mm, six or seven in the last, uh, since the drive started. So, you know. Oh, we're really going to have to ramp this up, guys. This is, I know. Uh, we're, we're waiting for little guy to sign up, really start to, you know, bust this dam wide open. So uh, I think little guy's the next step. And I will say for the 3,000 downloads that we get per week of each episode, if we can, uh, you know, get a little bit uh, more support, it does make it worthwhile for us. We were not going to lie, but servers do cost a fair amount of money. But it's also, um, you know, if you have fun with the podcast, we do appreciate it. And it allows us to get better microphones, uh, do some uh, travels for some live shows and, uh, you know, have some fun all the way around. So thanks again for your support. And um, with that, it's back to the show. All right. So, so Spencer, you mentioned Lance Armstrong would be riding his bike, his postal bike to make a delivery. Did you guys see the email we got from Steve Malone, a, um, a listener of the Slow Ride podcast? And he says, hey, I'm collecting jerseys of the doping oh, greats. God. It's an inv- investment to protect me from the crumbling pound once this idiot country leaves the European Union. Match the jersey to the druggie. No bod- podium bikes here. And did, did you? I sent this to you guys. So. Yep. You yeah. did. It was good. It was a good collection. There's a collection that he's got here. So first it's off, serious. you got Ive yeah. Bonesto. You got Bonesto. So who's like a known doper that was on Bonesto? Like, <laughs> well, I, we, mean, I don't remember. Was it a Bonesto or an Ive Bonesto? Yeah, it's a Bonesto. Okay. Well, there's then not, he's, there's he's none. throwing some shade in Duran's He's way. throwing some shade. <laughs> but also Delgado, and Delgado, Delgado did get popped. Okay, so. Delgado. Delgado, by the way, there's Peloton Magazine did a little story of Delgado, and they show off his Pinarello bike. And he's he's throwing some shade about how how much he would have won the uh, the tour if he didn't miss his start time. Oh, question yeah. that yeah he would. Why did he miss his start time? <laughs> All right, we got a we got yeah, the old. He was probably getting his sock height just right, you know. God, guys, there's some good ones yeah. in here. There's he a really Discovery Channel, Discovery Channel jersey. Obviously, we all know it's the entire team that was doping here, but <laughs> yeah. it is the Discovery Channel jersey with the with the Earth. Do you remember yeah. that one season where That's they had one. the Earth? It's black yeah. with the yeah. All right, we have the Kofidis kit with the uh, the number the, the with the country code zero eight and like yeah. they actually had the phone number. So like that, someone... that could be that could be a that's, David Miller. That's it a David could... Miller. I mean, retrospectively, be. it could probably be a Bobby Julik. You know? Oh, I'd say it's yeah. about the whole team. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got an Astana kit, so that one's the easy. Does <laughs> that uh, same? That's just the entire country of Kazakhstan, apparently. Um, we have a Rabobank polka dot kit. That was oh. That's a that's the chicken. That has to be that's the, the chicken. chicken. Yeah, <laughs> we have another Rabobank kit. Um, this one's a little like you know, it's just it, it's got to be Michael Bugard. Is this? We'll go there. This one is a little yeah. painful, guys. He's got a lamprey kit in here, so oh, don't yeah. say it. Please don't say it. You think you don't think the little prince? You know? No, it's not the little prince. No, it's all right. No. Let's give it to Scarponi. Hey, right, we'll give it to Scarponi. Gar- oh yeah, what about the Garmin kit that he's got? This one's start, starting to throw some shade here. Gar- what, no, throwing... Tom Danielson, never mind. Um, Motorola? Who well, is for Motorola? Mr. Lance Armstrong. I think I think it could be Big George Hincapi. He did oh, race for them. Yates rates for them, and he's admitted doping. So. So the most painful one of this entire jersey collection, he's got a Phonak, he's got a T-Mobile, he's got a Postal, he's got two T-Mobiles, he's got an HTC Columbia High Road, he's got an Onse. The most painful one is that he does have a liquid gas kit. And, I mean, he is, his hate kit wearing, Steve Malone, congratulations for sharing this collection of uh, known dopers. There isn't one one good-looking kit in there. No, it was a bunch of... There are a bunch of ugly kits. That there. is an ugly collection. So maybe that's the I, key. Hats off yeah. to you. Congratulations. You have you have collected some ugly jerseys. <laughs> oh. was, there were some really bad ones uh, yeah. throughout there, but uh, was, what can you it say? It seems like he just couldn't bring himself to buy the Rock Racing jersey either. Like, oh, God, I Man, I can't, I can't believe how many uh, reviews we got, guys. Uh, T.O. Ballfan hits us up with a four-star review. says, pretty good. I'd give it four stars, but the running pronunciation joke is getting old. 
See, I feel that's like people keep, keep, yeah, continually think that's a joke, but. You know. So I'm just going to make him feel bad and let him know that I had to go to speech therapy class from like <laughs> kindergarten through sixth grade. So how do you feel now? <laughs> Probably worse, but that's okay. All right, it's we got, joke. I enjoy this podcast from Griffo CX. Five stars. It brings me joy when I'm stuck in traffic. You're welcome. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. You lower down those windows and just bump the fine soundboard yeah. sounds. Let the people hear. <laughs> I listen to each episode, according to Christopher Harold, who leaves us four stars. I enjoy the commentary and their knowledge of the racing scene. They do a great job of releasing podcasts after the races. I appreciate that. I appreciate you know, the work you guys do, but it's only four stars because the commentary and the inside jokes are boring to me. The commentary that you liked us talking about bike well, he races, said some dude. of the commentary. I, right. I think the inside jokes he's complaining about is Spencer's classic about Dan Martin being an American. Because none know. of us find that funny. You guys, the other day I was at a bike race and I needed a five millimeter. That is a good inside <laughs> joke. That's taking it back to 2005. That's okay. a real good inside joke that's that an only old, like four people get. That's yeah. That's a... See, that is, but he's got a valid point because you know we have been talking. We basically this podcast, like this conversation, has been going on since about you know oh four oh three. So. Before we started racing bikes, when we were racing bikes, and yeah, so there's a lot of inside stuff, um, a lot of inside baseball, but uh, I think yeah. a majority of at least the, the comments we get on Twitter and people I talk to seem to, uh, you know, they get in on the jokes, and that's, that's what we want. We want you to be part of the family. Hey, Hendo so. D hits us up with a five star and says, an acquired taste, which is what <laughs> most people say about me anyway. Yeah. They say, yeah. an acquired taste, however... Took me a while to warm up to these guys, but once I did, when I listened to the podcast, I felt like a fly on the wall in Minneapolis Matt's room, wondering, <laughs> why am I living in Minnesota? Awesome bike, re- awesome bike related banter from the hosts. <laughs> Sounds like they're enjoying themselves. You know, that's, that's heavy emphasis on the sarcasm and the occasional soundboard. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Hendo we- D. Man, the hardest... that soundboard has gotten a lot of love, man. It we really had has. more compliments from that stupid ass soundboard than us. Uh, uh, jo- Johnny hard... Hanel, this is a good one, guys. Five stars. Johnny Hanel says, "I'm not paying, so the least I could do is leave a five star review." I think little guy is vegan, so that's dope too. So, a yeah, couple dude, things here. Not yeah. only is it a vegan that's not paying. There's a lot to unpack here, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. It is a five-star, yeah. so we appreciate the uh, loyalty. Hey, vegan like brotherhood. Like any good vegan friend, they always come through. Yeah. You know? Yep. Good stuff. I mean, we've got like a cosmic connection between <laughs> him. Um, hey, we did get an updated uh, text message this week. I did not um, get at you guys. I did want to let you know that um, our inside man over at Sluggos in Pensacola said that some people that raced cyclocross in Austin, Texas, came in, and they had heard about Sluggos, and they were talking about Stephen Hyde when they were in there. So, Interesting. Sluggos is slowly taking over the world, and I hope to have a live report from Sluggos in early October, and uh, we'll see how that goes. That's nice. nice. <laughs> cool. Uh, this is Stephen Hyde with Cannondale cyclocrossworld.com, and you are listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, did I tell you what I did this weekend? Um you let's see. You um you grinded the gravel? He right. he tried to fix his bike, but in yeah. doing that broke more of the bike than he set out to fix in the first place. I don't think kind he would of. try to fix his bike. I think he knows better than that. Yeah, I don't fix my own bike. I have a professional mechanic that t- helps take care of my bike. Ah, that's right. I forgot. You have a titanium bike now, so you yeah. you have you have servants and people for that. Sort that's of thing. right. And I uh, I only have a titanium road bike, so I had to bust out the carbon of the proletariat and ride my bike on gravel around Lake Apopka in Central Florida. Forty miles of gravel, awesome, and it was flat. I got sunburnt. I saw a lot of gators, and it was 
hot and miserable and about five miles in i go why do people do this but you know supposedly it was fun and i got to drink some beer and eat a donut afterwards so guys i went gravel grinding slayed it find me on strava you can see my awesome stats in fact on strava i came back and i had a trophy and it was like and i know this happens to a lot of our listeners where i got a trophy and it said like sixth place and you're like wow i got top like top 10 six on a strava segment and i go to the strava segment and it's like Sixth place, congratulations! And then it says all time seventh. Like, like, like. There's only seven people all time, so like, I was just faster than one person. So it makes oh, you wow. not feel so good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can yeah. see how that would happen. That yeah. one, that one guy that you beat, though, he must feel like garbage. Ah, uh, yeah, miserable. <laughs> I hope he got an email and he's yeah. like, "Hey, you're in last place to Tim." <laughs> he's speaking in last place. Which one of you is in last place between the three of us on Bella Games? Because I'm in first place. You are. Uh, little guy, of course, is talking about the Vuelta started up, the Velo Games competition, and Spencer is in last place among the three of us. Yes. Yep. Um, as the Vuelta is just three days old, I will say that we had, once again, some great um, team names. Kirby is uh, right now leading the way of Good team names at the top of the rankings with Team America presented by Left Side Drive. Um, very, very excited about that. And Phil and Paul's Boutique with Team Captain Alex K is also looking pretty good. Nice. Also beating Little Guy. I will say Alex K, that's like several leagues in a row where they have had some of the best names out there. And the best so. teams. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so the best name is obviously Kobo Cop. And that's, why did you not call that's it That's amazing, yeah. I'm not Cobocop. I don't know who is, but they're a genius. Oh, so really good. I was literally, after I read that, I walked around the rest of the day thinking about Kobo as a Robocop and how it probably turned out just like the movie because he'd, he'd eventually feel sadness and, and he'd miss his human form. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man, man, I didn't even see that. That's really good. Cobocop. There's, really there's also a Vuelta Skelta. In classic uh, nice. Beatles slash Manson um, love there, so that was uh, that was pretty awesome. So let's uh, talk a little bit about this little guy. You actually pulled off the upset here um, today with your boy mm. winning the stage. This is I skyrocketed you to the start. Yeah. I'd call it a plan that we had from the start. We were going to go for stage wins with Jenez, and we just decided to do it early. Again, yeah, kind yeah, of impressive. That was a good pick. Good pick. So, did you were you guys surprised by anybody on my team? Were you were you impressed? Like you're looking at it and you're like, <clears throat> "Oh man, Zubeldia already getting f- points for the." You team. know, he's riding okay. I I haven't looked at your team. I'm gonna open up your team here and see what we've got. I looked at your team, Tim, and I was not surprised by anybody on it, with one exception. You are the only one among us that picked one of the major favorites. Yeah, I picked Contador. I That's went true. all in on Contador, and it's totally backfiring. It's, it's <laughs> now we've had kind of this gentleman's agreement not to pick Froome in the tour, which is fine, but like it hasn't really extended to the the other tours. Um, so there's no you know unwritten rule that you're necessarily breaking, but it it seems a little a little disingenuous there. Like uh, you want to yeah. explain yourself. Yeah, so I don't think it was disingenuous. I think it was brilliant, and I think it was smart. I'm following the lead of um, the guys at Michigan Michigan State Cycling that have dominated the uh, Velo Games in the past where they have gone the star and scrubs method. I chose, obviously, the wrong favorite here because Contador is now two minutes back or you know, a minute so and a half back. Not looking so good. I do want to point out that the three of us did pick Valverde, like the brilliant yes. men that yeah, we are. Because, um, yeah, we all want him to get top ten, and it's going to be glorious. Yes. Yeah, it'd be it'd be pretty amazing. So we we I'm also gonna... all three picked Adapuma. Yeah, because he's awesome. Yeah. So, so that that was interesting, but we've, you know, we've got outside some crossover of that, here. Yeah. Yeah, outside of that, little guys team, like I match uh, with you on uh, Bataglin, uh from Yellow Lotto. Yeah, um, dude, he's needs a, he needs a win so bad. He does, he does. I mean, but we've talked about this before. Is, yeah. is more or less garbage, so I'm not not too worried about right. it. coming out Bo- hot. But wait, wait, that's wait. fine. Both you guys picked this Goncalves guy. Who the hell is this guy from Cajaverol? <laughs> if you, you guys know something I don't know, or did you just have <laughs> no choices left at that point? Okay, so I understand Carthy, but who is that guy? 
Here's my theory. Okay. This is let's wild. Kaha Rual only really shows up to one race every year. They're going to yeah. get multiple stage wins, so you got to take their two best guys. Yeah, but how do you know that's their second best guy? <laughs> uh, I think he's their best guy. Because he, he, uh, he was charging the most points. That's why I did. I was like, ooh, Kaha Roa guy with six points. Oh, he you must be better than everybody else. You can't use the way they grade riders on points to, to pick the best guy. That's how I got suckered into believing that Angel Lopez Gomez or whatever from uh, Astana was going to actually challenge for the GC. So, yeah, did, you guys watch the, did you guys watch the highlight video or see any of the videos from today's stage with that crazy no. climb at the end? No, I Up haven't got 30%. a chance. No, but it sounds it so, sounded pretty wicked. It sounded like another Vuelta stage, and so what I'm going to ask you guys is I'm not going to talk anymore about the Vuelta today. I just hope that you wake me up uh, next week when there's only two weeks left of what should be a two-week stage race, wow, and, then, wow, um, wow, wow, and then we wow. can talk about what's going on. Oh, really? <laughs> You're bothered by three weeks of batshit crazy stages with 30% finishes and, and like awesome GC contenders like exploding? So- I'm not Dude, terribly bothered. I just, I just bothered. want Valverde to win. I want Valverde yeah. to win this thing so bad just to stick that in the eye of every cycling nerd out there that just hates that guy. Because so many people hate Valverde, they don't recognize what he does to make cycling exciting. Dude, if he win- if he even gets top 10, it's insane. I want yeah. him to win, or I want Sammy Sanchez to win, because I'm all about old Spanish power right now. He is sitting... Uh, I mean, Movistar all of a sudden decided to show up at the Vuelta. They weren't at the Tour, but three stages into the Vuelta, they've got, what, three guys in the top uh, ten? Because yeah. Nairo's sitting right there, too. Yeah. So, Tim, I want to go back. I want to circle back. I'm not offended by a three-week tour, necessarily, but I am kind of offended by the fact that it started before the Olympics ended, which seemed like poor planning, but also just, like, a lot of cycling overload. I couldn't keep up. I haven't really yeah. paid any attention to the Vuelta yet because uh, I'm still coming down off my Olympics high. It's true. I'm with you on that, man. I agree. It's kind of hard to. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to take it all in. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. Congratulations on your lead uh, for now, little guy. Uh, yeah. Is, according to plan, I usually start slow and come on strong towards the end, uh, uh, as a good Grand Tour rider should. So I'm not too worried about not... my team. We did not introduce what we're talking about all that much. We do have a large Velo Games League because the Vuelta uh, España has started. This is the three-week Grand Tour in Spain that not very many people care about unless you're really cool. It's like the indie rock tour of um, Grand Tours, right? This is the one that you liked before it was cool. This is the one that Floyd Landis wore the beautiful golden jersey of the race leader before they changed to that ugly red that they currently have. Um, the Vuelta <laughs> steeped in history and no one really cares about it except the people in our Velo Games League. Check it out. It, Find it on the, the it's, dark it's webs. Like just... your, uh, it's like your friend who just like goes overboard um, with the hipster stuff, like trying to really impress people because like, he just doesn't have it, you know? Like... He's, he's like, ah, oh, oh, you got lots of climbs? I got lots of, I got more climbs. And you're like, yeah, yeah, we don't care. And he's like, but my, my climbs are crazy. My climbs are like 20%. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I guess. And like, well, my climbs are 30%. And you're like, shit, really? Ah, whatever. I guess that's kind of cool. So it's like a Mastodon album. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to continually try to push the limit and figure out how crazy he can be before he gets arrested. And that's where the Vuelta is at right now, is like just before they go insane. So it's kind of worth checking out. And what's crazy, go to cyclingfans.com, steephill.tv, find the dark internet webs on some computer that you don't mind if it gets every virus in the world. Watch the racing, because it is stacked top to bottom with, what, the entire podium from the uh, tour? Yeah, and the right. Giro, basically. And, it's, and the it's Giro, the and you've it's got Contador. Field year, yeah. I mean, it is... You've got Every, Leopold, yeah. Leopold Koenig, who was sitting in 16th overall yesterday, guys, yeah. from yeah. Team Sky. He He's here, and he's going to work for Froome. Everybody's there, and nobody has any pressure to perform. Like If they if they attack and fail or whatever, they're like, nah, it's the fault. Eh, again... I think there's more than enough pressure out of a fair amount of these guys, in particular the entire I Am Cycling roster that is sitting there right now going, man, 
I need a contract for next year. I'm just going to just attack like crazy. Well, I meant the GC leaders, Tim. But oh, I, okay. I, I know what you're saying. There's yeah. there's pressure on the little guys, which makes the race exciting. Dude, like, do you, you think there's always pressure, pressure, you think there's there's pressure on, on the little guys? That's right. Yeah. You think there's pressure it's on Zubeldia? No, no, Zubeldia is no. tranquilo. He's Will so tranquilo. Zubeldia be back next year to ride for Contador? Yes. At Trek Factory Racing? Or yeah. does he go, finally go out to the farm? No, no, he's back, man. He's. I think. I think we're gonna see him going for stage wins again, just like last year. Oh, yeah. That'd be glorious. Oh, if oh, you guys looked so at amazing. tomorrow's stage, it's not so. Just oh my god, it's not so. Fourth stage of the tour. It's super punchy, super awesome. I love this race. Everything it's a pretty cool race. It's still not the Giro, but it's still a pretty cool race. The You're biggest right. problem I have with the Vuelta is by this time of year, guys, cross is coming. Wait, wait, what's coming? Cyclocross. Oh, it's yeah. coming. That, like, I like that stuff. Yeah. Races are happening. Like We're hearing team rumors and news and stuff's getting exciting. And uh, it's about this time of year that I'm like, oh, man, I really need to do some maintenance on my cross bike. Like, I really you need know, to get my race bike ready to go. And not only do I need to do maintenance on my bike, I need to actually learn how to race cross. That's yeah. my biggest fear. That yeah. is a big problem that you're going to have, Tim, but that is a solvable problem. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't Let know me... how to solve my problem. Let me ask you guys for some advice because you guys are esteemed, accomplished cyclocross. So, Spencer, tell me more about how to do good at cyclocross. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Tim, but I think I might know somebody who does. Oh. What? What? Tell me more. Who are we racing for this week on this week's Prem Lap? Why am it's... I going off the front on my cross bike? I got my tires pumped up to 85. Is that good? <laughs> that's perfect. Well, I'll tell you where you can find out if that's good or not, Tim. It's uh, with our friend Bill at Crosshairs. I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but he does the podcast. He's the voice of Cyclocross in America. He also wrote the book on Cyclocross in America. Uh, Literally. Called Skills, Drills, and Belly Aches. Um, co-wrote it. Uh, it's It's got full of pictures of Jeremy Powers demonstrating all of the cyclocross tips and tricks you could possibly need to up your game. And I bought this book the minute it came out, um, and it's been worth it. You know, I had been racing cross for years and years at that point. It's still, there's still little so, tidbits you can pull out of it. So... I know what you're doing here, Spencer. Um, I know we're trying to help out a great friend of ours that wrote one hell of an awesome book. But I really don't know if you should say that you bought the book three years ago because your racing ability hasn't exactly improved. Now, you know your, you know your stuff. Like, you can tell me what I'm doing wrong. But is it more like it's not a coaching manual, right? It's like more of a no. Hey, this is tuck your elbow like so you look good so you can kind of hide it when you're getting lapped on lap one. This is the book is called Skills, Drills, and Belly Aches. Uh, it is not called you know do your weight training and here's some intervals. No, oh, okay, it, okay. This is this is not this is not road racing. This is not uh, you know whatever. This is this is cyclocross specific from the top tier of cyclists in the U.S. Um, who can really, yeah teach you those skills that are that are really obviously singular to cyclocross that you're not gonna you're not just gonna pick them up like riding around in in the local park like not knowing what you're doing like you're gonna look like a cat five out there tim and i know you have a problem with that so we can fix you we can fix you sort of like a robocop we can build you up (laughs) yeah yeah exactly is there any non-side like drive side specific training that i can do um in the skills bills and you're Bellies? yeah you are it a goofy skills foot. bills because his name is bill <laughs> that's right bill's skills and belly aches yeah i've seen the no. video so you t- go cyclocrossbook.com i've seen the book it looks awesome yeah, yeah. you should get it head, head on over to cyclocrossbook.com check it out it will help you if you're a goofy foot dismounter like tim it will help you if you've been racing for years like me it will help you if you're already racing well at the uh, local elite level like little guy it will help you. It is, it's it's great. I mean, it's a good thing to just have on your coffee table, if nothing else, because uh, it shows that you mean business. And you can know you tell me? About. Can you give me a little footnote? Am I supposed to step through on the dismount or tuck it around? Tim, it's not two thousand four. Yeah, 
no one's talking. stepping through anymore. No that, one's stepping that through. That totally rhymed, too. Did you guys see that? I didn't even realize I was doing that. That was <laughs> yeah. nice. Good work. All right, psychocrossbook.com. Skills, drills, and belly aches. The story of American psychocross. It's going to be uh, fantastic stuff. Check it's it a out. great. It's a great book. I know. Uh, I know we're we're pushing it because Bill's uh, running low on copies. So if you want to get one, now is the time. Like seriously, like go get it. It's awesome. Well, hey there, all you hosers. This is Manitoba Mike Vandenham from Canada, and uh, you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, eh? You uh, been riding the climb down there, or you been doing some uh, gravel grinding? I rode <laughs> the climb because the cross bike is not together. So just like Spencer was saying, it's almost cross season. I do not have my bike together. I can't Classic believe cross season is starting that soon. Little guy, dude. My cross season Wednesday night. My Wednesday night cross season, which is not my real cross season. It starts next next week. Are oh. you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Last last day of August, right? Uh, has the state road race even happened yet? Yeah, I think it happened last weekend, or it happens this weekend, or something. Ah, who the hell knows? You know how many people are going to show up to that? Like 15. Yeah, that's depressing. There's no road racing in Minnesota compared to cross racing. It's all cross There's, racing here. I mean, I think everywhere but California, that's the case, though, guy. As far as I can tell. Yeah, I rode. I rode past a park, so on. I went to watch the men's road race over at uh, the Angry Catfish, and there was like thirty people in a park doing doing cross drills at like ten in the morning the other day, just riding in a circle, super slow. Like, man, is it really thirty that people time already? There's a lot of people. Man, I mean that's great. Like getting out and going to the park early and and working on that stuff is awesome. But yeah, it's crazy that there's that many people. That's like a race. Like when we if, started. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I know. When we started we that, with like five or six yeah. of us, like looking like idiots in the field, like jump dancing on and off our bikes or whatever. Yeah, it's so common now that people probably don't get yelled at as much as we used to get yelled at when we try to go do cross practice in the park, and we get yelled yeah. at because we were on the grass or because yeah. a million reasons. We Any used to reason get yelled at for that stuff. Yeah. But now it feels like it's it's just sort of a thing that you see. It's a uh, Tuesday night. You walk through the park. There's a bunch of weirdos tripping over. Barriers. Yeah, it's craziness. It it is amazing that there's um thirty people showing up to a cyclocross practice. I mean, down here in Florida, we're lucky if there's a, a single field that has anywhere close to thirty people. Yeah, <laughs> on a like at the state championships. So, you know, uh, great stuff in uh in in the cyclocross world. You got isn't it a little too hot for cyclocross up there though? I mean, it's still like a hundred degrees, isn't it? <laughs> It's never 100 degrees, but it is humid. Now, this last weekend was like the first, you know, that first weekend in August that always makes it feel like fall. It's so, like a little cool. You want to get the cross, like you, you go to look at the bikes in the basement, and you're like, oh, man, I guess I should ride the cross bike. And then you realize it doesn't work to ride the mountain bike. But One of my favorite tweets from last year was when at the Ryan Fisher tweeted, um, thanks, past Ryan, for cleaning the bike. And it was <laughs> after a cross season, like, yeah, yeah, that's always great when you realize that you outsmarted yourself. <laughs> and you took care of it at the end of the season before you hung it up for the oh, year? Oh, have I ever done that? I don't even have my track bike together, you guys. Oh, just man. Three more, three more weeks of track racing. Jeez, have you been up there this year? No, I don't. I haven't glued yeah. a rear tire on yet. Jeez, you're going to make your debut. You got three weeks uh, to get together, little guy. We'll check back in. Yeah, that's the plan. We'll see. Um, so speaking of end of the season, um, we're not really towards the end of the road season yet, but we're, we're still kind of at the tail end of silly season. We are. Mm-hmm. And oh, there's, there's right. been a few transfers that are kind of of note, I think, that we haven't talked about on the pod yet. Okay. Rafael Micah. Who's also, he he's following Tony Martin and going to Katusha. What? He's yeah. not going to Bora? I assumed he'd go to Bora. It's going to Katusha. That's, that's well. That makes sense for them because well, they just hired Vandenbroek, and they had Zacharin, but they didn't really have a lot of GC power after they lost Rodriguez to the old retirement home. Yeah, that was that was crazy. I'm still I'm still not uh, not feeling great about Tony Martin going there either. But 
What I are you gonna do, do? I never understand when people go to Katusha. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And then, uh, um, what else? I was, you gonna, got? I was gonna say, well, Van, uh, Jurgen Vandenbroek. Yeah. He makes sense going to Katusha because he has no well, options. Well, <laughs> no, he's not going to Katusha. He he's leaving Katusha. Katusha. You're right. He's leaving he's, Katusha. He's, he's, he's switching. He's going to the other lotto now. He's yellow trying, lotto. He's trying out the yellow lotto. Well, so, and that makes sense because they need, I mean, they need a good worker for the mountains. Right now, they actually just need someone for the mountains because they brought two GC guys to the Volta and neither of them could follow today, so... <laughs> yeah, they're both on my Velagans team. But yeah, um, but Bo- oh, both of them, Spencer. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> both of them. That is interesting. I knew you had one. Yeah. Uh, wow, that yeah. is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good times, good times yeah. over here. But I'm not worried. Uh, anybody else? I haven't seen any new anymore. Uh, those more, are uh, those are kind of the two big ones I wanted to uh, get your get your takes on. I don't. I guess I don't know what Katusha is gonna look like next year with with these additions. Like it, it's it's I'm confused. I guess they've always been a little bit of a confusing team because you think of them as like a sprint team with with Kristoff. Yeah. But then you know Micah is not that, and Tony Martin is. Man, I guess he could be a lead out guy. You know, like. You Who know? knows though? He's, you know, like the way they've been playing him at Quick Step into the super domestic role for the classics. Right. Right. I don't know if he'd like that or he didn't like that. You know, it seems like maybe he didn't like that and that's why he left. But I guess I we'll find know. out if he's like comes out and crushes Roubaix or something. Does this signal that, uh, that Kadusha has less confidence in, in Kristoff, you know, like, I don't think so. How can uh, they not? He's Norwegian. <laughs> uh, and that's pretty well, close to Russia. So there. Yeah. I mean, they are used to, crushing the norwegians so maybe it's sort of like a thing where they're like ah we we didn't realize he was so weak and norwegian yeah i don't know how this got past us for so, <laughs> so long. i'm scrolling through some of the twitter questions we got over the the past week joe dalton huh? hits us up says hey saw a messenger hate wearing a lance astana kit in boston today please advise to which i want to know was it really a bike messenger because the three of us know there's a lot of posingers out there oh it's like 95 percent Ninety, at least ninety-five. It, if it looks like a bike messenger, it's not a bike messenger. Well, see, I think that's a bike the, messenger. Let no, me tell thing... you, bike messengers have panniers on their bikes and they're riding slow. No, they're, that's they're... Vet, that's veteran bike messengers, and and you're right, they do. They don't look yeah. like bike messengers, but first no. year, year one to three messengers, they they look like like your typical so, messenger. But true. I'm gonna say, if this if this person was seen in downtown Boston. They are definitely a bike messenger because nobody else is stupid enough to ride their bike around in downtown Boston. There's no reason to go there. There's nothing interesting down there. Uh, you know, you're staying on the other side of the river um, or you're commuting to work and you're going to look like a commuter. So this is, this is definitely a messenger in an Astana jersey. And I don't know if he's hate wearing it or if he's ironically wearing it or if he just didn't know. So the, the whole, like I was thinking about this. When I was a messenger, way mm-hmm. back in the day, way back. I don't remember ever like going balls to the walls. I'm gonna run red lights to get something delivered. Oh man, like, I did that all the time. Like crazy. Like I like there was never a need. Like no package was worth more than my life. Yeah. Well, okay. Right. I got a story for you. Like, I got a story. <laughs> like I like did, trust me. Like I'd run the red light, but after I came to a stop and looked around, like I have seen people <clears throat> run red lights and. Whatever. Go ahead, Logan. Or Spencer. I, I've got the story of uh, when all that changed for me, actually. This will be a good one. Um, yeah, you know, I was a fast guy, or I thought I was, and, like, wanted to wanted to get packages where they needed to go as soon as possible for no real said. reason. Yes. Um, but we had, a, uh, we had a delivery going to somewhere, uh, whatever. It was on Nicollet Mall, uh, which is a what do you call it? A bus only, a busway, a busway, no traffic, but the side streets that go across it, lots of traffic. Um, so I get to rip along there pretty fast and come into uh, a red light with some cross traffic and I could see a big truck of some kind, or maybe it was a bus. I don't know. And I was like, this is perfect. It's in the middle lane. I'm going to just like time it so that I can keep my speed and cut 
like right behind this bus as it's going across. And I'm going to be like, just boom, right behind it and keep going through the traffic. No problem. The problem is the angle I was at in the blind spot, like behind the truck or bus, whatever it was, there was a white Pontiac behind it. Yeah. Like just at this angle. Yeah. Just tailgating yeah. the shit out of that truck, huh? It's well, like, but, I'm a Pontiac. I, yeah. I don't need to follow the rules. But one lane over. Like, it was one lane over. So I couldn't see it from the angle I was at. And so I did it. I, like, darted straight behind the bus into the side of the Pontiac. Like, full mm-hmm. tilt. Full tilt. And luckily, Pontiac's made of plastic. So, yeah. like, I He's bounced sick. off of the side, like, passenger or driver's side door of this Pontiac and fell on my ass and my bike went flying and everything went flying and uh the cars kept driving. It was like some high school kid and he looked at me like holy <laughs> shit. I'm gonna um my parents are gonna kill me and he did not stop. He kept going, which was great. Like I did not yeah. have to explain myself. Yeah, you're excited so for that. I was picking myself up, picking my lock up off the ground and picking up my bike and some old man pedestrian on the side on the corner was like, You're an idiot. <laughs> so was this old man pedestrian? Was he, he thinning hair been. on the top? Was it the guy that I just yeah. creamed uh, outside the WCCO building? No. I was, a... I'm thinking he is some sort of guardian angel that sort of was like, "Hey, dipshit!" And Cause... I just I was like, you know what? I had I had 15 minutes to get this like unimportant package four blocks from where it was to where it was going. I could have walked. <laughs> In 15 minutes, and it would have yeah. been there at time. Like, there is no reason for this so, hustle. So, this sounds uh, like. Then what I turned it off. Life. I turned off it's the jets. It. Sounds like what changed my life to turn off the jets, like I was alluding to, and you guys know quite well. When mm-hmm. I went up on the sidewalk because it was a one way, and I just crushing it to get around this blind corner, and poor old man just walking down the street, whistling, probably looking at the birds, all of a sudden found himself ass over tea kettle because I was the jerk that ran into him. I felt so bad. I felt horrible. Luckily, he was okay, and he took it like a champ, and he was like, ah, just watch where you're going. But there was, like, three cars that pulled over to be like, I saw this happen, and I'm like, God, I know, I messed up. Like, I'm here to help out the guy. Like, this is totally on me. And ever since then, I never rode on a sidewalk again. I felt so bad. So maybe it was the same guy. Because he was probably like, you're an idiot. Probably. It was probably later that day, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. I hope it was the same day. No. So little guy, I was like, man, these bike messengers are the worst. You still have the you still have the jets on when you're out there delivering the packages? No, it's pretty mellow. It's pretty chill. I'm just listening to podcasts and cruising about, man. You, 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 oh, you're riding with headphones in now? No, no, no. I don't I don't have headphones in. Got That's your, crazy. Uh, That's crazy loud. people. Thing and the handlebars playing the songs like all that. No, I just have my phone bummies. in my holster and I just turn the volume up all the way and then I listen right. to podcasts. I'm not listening to like like everybody else in Minneapolis. It's not like. Wah, 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 wah. Is there a lot of that? Is there a lot of people listening to? Uh, yeah, everyone's to listening it? to freaking hardcore, and you just you just hear this like because they ride by you on the greenway because they're doing intervals on the greenway probably. Well. Guys, we have come to end of another Slow Ride podcast episode, and we'd like to thank all of the Wide Angle Podium Network subscribers. Once again, go to WideAnglePodium.com, learn a little bit about the network. If you feel we provide value to um, your listening uh, day and you want to slip us some bucks, that's great. If not, that's cool too. We do appreciate your listening. It it does go to really important causes, like uh, we're trying to send Tim to a European name pronunciation class. Uh, that we've found on the internet, but it is not cheap, you guys. It is not cheap. Um, we need to fly him to Sarajevo. We need to get him enrolled. It's five thousand dollar course, uh, you know. So we, we're going to really need your penny jars emptied. And it's a, uh, you know. So thank you for that. I promise I won't be doing anything cool in uh, Sarajevo. I guess I'm going. Uh, I'd like Sarajevo. to. Uh, I. We we do appreciate it. Take a look. Um, if you if you can't support us, that's totally understandable. We we appreciate you listening anyway. Um, support our sponsors like our friend um, Crosshairs Bill over at CycleCrossBook.com for a fantastic read on Cyclocross Nation. Also, the Ixnay Clothing Company has been a supporter during this pledge drive as well. 
Mm-hmm. Velo Games is up and running. You can always find us on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. That is probably our number one place for news and rumors. Um, lots of cool stuff over this past week, including a spy shot of our friend Pat Lemieux at the Olympics <laughs> and uh, other great stuff. Lots of awesome pictures. We get all kinds of uh, contributions from our listeners, including um, Benjamin Jones, who hit us up with a sweet Roman Mikan giving us the full Schleck um, victory celebration at the Tour de Limousine um, this past weekend. So nice. lots of great things that are sent our way on the uh, um, on the Twitter sphere at the Slow Ride Pod. We'd also like to thank BK1 of Rhymesayers Entertainment for his intro and outro music. And most importantly, always wave at your fellow cyclists because they're out there with you too. And it's always good to build a little bit of a community. Indeed. And with that, we will uh, we'll see you later. Bid you adieu. Sounds good to me. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Thank you.